that when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. When you hear the trippy music here at Mutiny Radio at 2 p.m., you know, you know what time it is. It's time for Some Call Me Tim. Yes, welcome to Some Call Me Tim, the show on mutinyradio.fm where we talk to different individuals every week about the things they believe in. Whether that be, you know, conspiracy theories, veganism, Buddhism, any kind of ism. Oh. You, hey, we have Susie Vincent in the house. Yay! Hilarious, wonderful comedian oh. and podcast host. Yes. Hostess. Hostess. Uh, a little sexist here. Uh, yeah, sure. Am I not? We usually, we turn around first and we look at Sparkle Jesus deep into his <gasps> oh, eyes. Okay. And we say, do you believe in Jesus? Hell no. No, good. Okay. I don't. I believe that there might have been a guy that, you know, looked not like him, looked like a, a terrorist, actually. Sure, sure, sure. Um, who did a lot of good things around, yeah. let's see, 30 BC or so. Sure. Whatever. Um, and I just, uh, it was like a lot of good stories. Someone wrote a big book right. and sold it to the whole world. Like, sure. As this is, this is the gospel. So this is fake Whatever. news. The Bible is. is fake news. It's fake news. It's fake news. I believe in the Buddha a lot more, or at least as much. Uh, well, and is, is Buddha fake news? I mean, it's the same kind of idea. It is. So, Siddhartha. Stories, fables. So you tell me, because I know that you're you're much more, you know much more about Buddha. Buddhism than I do, but this Maybe. is what I, I'm going to tell you my layman's version, and you tell me how close I am. Okay. There was a guy named Siddhartha who was a rich, pretentious king, and he was in charge of everything, and he had this sort of like come to Jesus <laughs> uh, <laughs> with himself in the universe, and he left everything. He left all of his money and all of his whatever, his mm-hmm. kingdom, mm-hmm. and he went and sat underneath a Bodhi tree. And ate a grain of rice a day, which sustained him for like a month or something. And he had a grain mm-hmm. of rice a day and he meditated and he found enlightenment and came back to the people and said, it has nothing to do with money or riches. It has to do with seeking enlightenment and being one with the universe. Okay. Already you know more than I do. What? Really? <laughs> high five. Yay. High five. We're high fiving. Um, so I don't know a lot about um, the background of Buddhism. Um, I read one book, which I highly recommend, Awakening the Buddha Within by uh, Lama Surya Das. There's some, some, some Buddhist priest who actually uh, is a Jewish guy from Long Island wow. who, who was a baby boomer. And when he finished his liberal hippie college education, he went off to Tibet and studied wow. and became, you know, a Buddhist priest. Which a sounds Lama. a Lama sounds way too much like Judas Priest. I always want to say, <laughs> make some joke Buddhist about it. And Judas Heavy Priest. metal, dude. That's very funny. But anyway, Awakening the Buddha Within. It's a good book. And my older brother Gary, um, whose last name is not Vincent, if anybody cares, his name is Gary Grealis. He began practicing Buddhism in the early '90s, and he now is also a Buddhist priest. Wow. He's, he's kind of retired. They moved. They retired out of New Jersey, and now they're in Walnut Creek. 
Uh, yeah, I, you know, a Buddhist priest retired to Walnut Creek. <laughs> to Walnut Creek. That, it, the irony is not lost on me there. I know, and, and you know, but he can marry people. Sure. Actually, if you don't know listeners out there, anyone can marry people. If you go to City Hall with the people or getting married and you put your name as the officiant on the marriage license, I'm pretty sure that's true. Well, I think you have to get a piece of paper. Um, the Church of the Dude lets you do that. It's an <laughs> online course that you take and you pay, and it's about the Big Lebowski, and you do weddings. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. You do weddings, and sometimes people will wear like. Uh, bathrobes because the dude abides and they there you go they put that into their vows so it's like so the, the dude the okay. church of the dude or whatever so it's well, like you take the vodka and you take the Kahlua <laughs> and you take the cream at the wedding ceremony instead of like lighting a candle with right. your parents like some dumb Christian thing yeah you like pour the alcohols together and throw it back and then drink yeah. it and then say like the dude abides there I, you go yeah but uh, yeah, anyone can marry somebody. I think so. My brother would know a lot more about it. Anyway, he started to practice Buddhism, and he got very excited about. It. He started practicing Zen meditation, actually, and then, but he's always been a, a student of religious philosophy, even it was his major in college and all this stuff. Wow. Um, so I started getting into it, and I'm like, you know what? This beats the shit out of that Christianity garbage sure. it really does there's no guilt there's no guilt there there's no there's i'm not no a good guilt. enough person there, right. right like as far right. as i understand buddhism you don't have to try to be a good person it's not like about well, judging yourself against other people or that second part yeah this that second part is true the one the fundamental uh belief in buddhism is that um to cherish all creatures above yourself that doesn't mean that you yourself are shit Mm. it just means that you that you know you have a reverence for life including animals yes including animals which is why i'm also a vegan but there are many buddhists who are not vegan that's what i was going to ask next we we could talk about that for hours i don't i can't even go there i can't even go into why people eat animals and yet practice buddhism can't go there it's i mean it's it's hypocritical there's a a deep hypocrisy there yeah real deep but the uh, so so basically with buddhism um you cherish all uh, cherish and respect and honor all life forms above yourself again not that you are not worthy of honor but that is the practice and also the main problem i have with christianity is the concept that it's okay to sin ah mm-hmm. as long as you go you know tell the priest confess your yes, sin say you're sorry to Which, jesus or yeah whatever. to yeah to and not god to the, person, the father not to the person that you wronged but right. to somebody else right either to someone who doesn't exist or someone who does exist but yeah. is acting as a conduit yeah the priest is something else yeah that the, the are your your uh, pretend friend in the sky or whatever right but that doesn't make sense because if you've wronged someone why wouldn't you go to that person so murder is okay <laughs> I'll, I'll make a, a reveal here on right. the some call me tim show just yeah. for you i um had an abortion in 1983 All that's right. not the big reveal <laughs> Some, yeah duh i'm a slut i had an abortion uh, some years later, I, four or five years later, I was in the hospital having a tonsillectomy, which is a, a, a nightmare when you're nearly 30 years old. Huh. And it happened to be a Catholic hospital or, you know, a, a secular hospital. And they sure. sent a priest around 
old Irish priest, ironically enough, my background is primarily Irish Catholic. And the night before the surgery, because in those days you were in the hospital the night before and the night after for even a tonsillectomy. Huh. Now they just rip you, they rip them out and send you home. Rip you and stitch you yeah. and send you on your way. So the priest came in and basically, you know, because you put, when you're admitted to a hospital, I think even today, they want your religion. in really? case, Yeah, in case you're going to kick the bucket, they want to be able to provide you with whatever religious, you know, last, sure, <laughs> last you voodoo, last bit of voodoo that you think you're entitled to. <laughs> so <laughs> so on, 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 in fear that I might die from this tonsillectomy, they sent me a priest the night before. And he's a very nice old Irish man. And asked if I wanted to make confession. And I said, well, do you have three or four hours, Father? It's been it's been 14 or 15 years. And I said, probably since my confirmation. And he said, that, he goes, you know, he goes, you don't need to go through, you know, the every cookie you stole or whatever. He was very, very, for like an 80-year-old dude, he was very cool. And he says, is, is there anything significant or serious that's on your mind that you feel like you'd like to confess and I said well you know I'm an honest person which is true I don't lie I don't you know I don't do bad things you sure. know um but I did have an abortion and I it I, I understand that you you know can't kind of forgive that the church doesn't believe in it all of the above so I don't want to put you between a rock and a hard place and he goes well my child Jesus forgave murderers. <laughs> wow! I there you swear go. To God. So I actually got—I I wasn't seeking it, but I actually received official absolution from the Catholic Church for having an abortion. That is great. You should write that into a joke. That yeah, is hilarious. I know. That I is, really I mean, should. There, because wow, we can we can get that. How exciting! I know. I you know I, I see. I didn't. I didn't consider, he goes, are you sorry for it? And I was honest, and I said, because I wasn't at all sorry for having done it. It would have been a, a nightmare to, ha yeah. to have a child. I said, well, Father, I said, I'm, I'm sincerely sorry for, for getting myself into that, into the predicament sure. of needing one. Right. Or, or getting, you know, he goes, that it was good enough for him. Sure, he's like, yeah, 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 you're fine, you're fine. Yeah, and he insisted for a very, I mean, they've insisted for a really, really, really They really, long time. really have. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't. I I think one of the um, and again, I don't know enough about uh, and Zen Buddhism is basically the air like what I'm into. It's just like it's the chill kind of Buddhism. Sure. It's not like going to temple and you know praying with the monks and you know all that is cool. But the the big takeaway for me about Buddhism is that that there there's a belief that there are like. Um, the seven evils or something like that but there there there's there's a concept that it takes 3000 lifetimes of good to undo one act of, of evil wow yeah so well then but what is an act of evil an act of evil is not respecting any well, other life form above yourself well it's one of one of the sev seven evils it's it i mean and it's basically right along the lines of the ten commandments right, I mean, it's well, like, and there's seven deadly know, sins in the bible too. yeah and like murder and yeah. lying Sloth, and, yeah. and uh, bearing ill will in your heart so hating people sure. and again if i was a real scholar of buddhism i would know all this shit and right. i'm really not um but yeah so 
I've probably thousand lifetimes. Yeah, and I've probably done at least inadvertently done some evil. But that's in the my thing: if, if it's inadvertent, then I don't yeah. think it's evil because I don't think so. You have to like the intent isn't there. The intent that's what makes something evil, right? I mean, Donald Trump, right? Well, it's the. <laughs> It's I'm the sorry. it's the and no, no no we can talk about that guy too but it's the intent that makes it evil because yeah. I've hurt people unknowingly but sure. it wasn't that I was doing anything it's that they were such narcissists they had expectations on my behavior that were unrealistic exactly so when I didn't fulfill their expectations of my behavior from their minds right then I wronged them in some way that's not true but I didn't because I didn't I wasn't paying attention I'm like I'm sorry not everybody's paying attention to you I feel terrible right now that right like if you want me to apologize for anything it's that I'm sorry that I didn't pay attention to you I didn't know you needed that much attention from me right I think it's more evil to just carry hatred in your heart or even jealousy which which is something that sneaks up on all of but us jealousy we hurt ourselves with jealousy exactly like that's the thing is when i when i'm on the facebooks and i see everybody <laughs> getting all those shows <laughs> and i'm like oh you just got past it cops yeah. and punchline good for you i'm so happy for you but it's like oh i feel like a terrible person because yeah. I never go on Sundays and right. I know how much work it right. takes to get that done and I should feel excited and happy for that person but me feeling jealous there's nothing I can do about it. The only thing I can do about it is start showing up on Sunday. Right. You know I mean? Like, and so it's about right. me. It's a wasted emotion. Right. Jealousy, regret is another one that sucks. We all, it all sneaks up on, it sneaks up on all of us from time to time. But what the fuck? I did it. It turned out in a way I didn't want. Oh, well, mistake, move on. Like, right. do I regret having an abortion? It would have been nice now having like a 34-year-old son who could like right. loan me money. But sure. I, I don't regret having the abortion or however long ago it was a long right. damn time ago so yeah buddhism to me is the way it um i try to meditate regularly um, it's so helpful since my accident which we'll talk about yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit um i've been meditating more because i don't have a job right now you have the time to do it to i'm on, on the disability on the dole for the state of california which for you. again fuck you if you think that shitty I paid into it for like 40 years and yeah you deserve you worked for 40 years you get to take a tiny vacation it's the same thing when my buddy he'd worked for I think he'd worked every day of his life since he was 16 and he was 38 and right. he lost his job. Right. And so he went on unemployment for two years. Yeah. And people were like, oh, bro. He's what like, a bum. you know what? Screw you. Fuck He's you. like, I'm almost 40 years old. I've never had a vacation. I worked every day of my life. I Probably a job that he hated. Yeah. It yeah. was like borders and bookstores and right, stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. You know, doing. You pay into it. And so Thank you. he was on. And I was like, yeah, be on your fun employment for two years. Like, fun think about what you want to do. And yeah. he did. He thought about what he wanted to do. And now he's actually doing what he wants to do he changed his whole life because of that two-year time where he was mm. actually able to sort of figure out what he wanted and how he wanted to go about it right rather than being under pressure to kind of bring in a paycheck pay exactly. i'm going through a similar thing to that right now a state this this is i guess they call it short-term disability um it runs out the maximum time period is one year in oh. california and so the year for me will be up um, beginning of August. Oh, wow. You've got plenty of time. Well, right now I'm medically approved. They don't know. Okay. So I I hurt. I dislocated my shoulder and fracture, small fracture, 
big dislocation. And so the initial six weeks is don't move the shoulder so the this little fracture can heal. Sure. Okay. It heals. At that point, you can begin physical therapy. Well, at age 63, if you don't move a joint for six weeks, oh, guess what? It doesn't move. Well, I was only 62, but big deal. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I started physical therapy. It was very painful. <gasps> And um, I'm still doing, you know, shit at home. Yeah. Light swimming, hot tub. Hot, the hot tub part is fine. Oh, and you should take a jacuzzi too. Okay, twist my arm. <laughs> but what kind of happened in the interim, once the fracture was healed and mobility started coming back, um, there was still a lot of, it's a combination of numbness and pain. To The best way to illustrate or, or, or explain is, you know when you bump that funny bone in your shoulder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. excruciating, but it's like it's like a tickling and a buzzing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and no, the numbness, buzzing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it hurts. Yeah. I have that constantly. Ah! <laughs> well, it's it it's it, it tone it it has toned down since August second is when the accident took place. So it toned down considerably. But what they realized somewhere around oh gosh i guess it was sometime in november that as everything else was healing and the movement was coming back that numbness pain that pain slash numbness not only was it not going away but it gave me arthritis in all of the fingers of my right hand see how curved they are yeah this is a visual out there in radio land but i'm showing pam so and then the pinky can only bend wow. i haven't been able to bend my right pinky in so many months so it's it's because of it became arthritic it became arthritic and you think it was because of the six weeks of non-use well um it well it was several months of non-use they don't know they don't know yeah the Magic. specialist so the neuro a neurologist at kaiser did the the nerve conductivity test and emg the, the test that to tell you are the nerves working the answer was no they're severely well the the di the diagnosis the result of the test was severe nerve damage of the lower brachial plexus which is essentially a bundle of nerves under your armpit sure. so when you snap almost snap your arm off at the shoulder it, it does a lot of damage um severe damage in the early stages of regeneration with a an estimated the window for healing is six to 12 months. Whoa. So I'm right now about, I'm not even at the six month point. You're not point. even halfway. Right. So how much, how many opiates do they give you? <laughs> that is a whole other story. Yeah, and it right? ties into medical cannabis, which is like, Oh good. So yeah. you are, I was going to ask if, if you're, well, I've been, I've been a medical cannabis user for three or four years now. Um, mostly, almost exclusively high CBD, yeah. which is does not get you high. It does wonders for pain, relaxation. Some, you know, reduces anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't put you to sleep, a CBD compound, but if you're tired, it will help you. It sure. makes it super easy to go to sleep because right. it de-stresses you. Well, it puts you your, in the moment. It like, yeah. you don't care about the past or the future. You're yeah. in the, it's very, it's very It's Buddhist. very zen. It's very zen. It is. It must be good so, for, for uh, meditation. Meditation. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good for a lot of things. And actually, um, among the dozens and dozens of watching of things that I did while I was flat on my back recovering you know tv movies really happy we finally got the xfinity triple play package because i used the <laughs> hell out of that shit but i also stumbled upon a web series um 
uh, called the sacred plant and it's internet only so if you're out there and you're interested in medical cannabis go ahead and google the sacred plant it's the name of an organization based in i think ventura somewhere in southern california and they're they're not i mean obviously not just advocating the use of medical cannabis but asking the question why why the fuck isn't it as accessible as it should be right. and why how, is it still schedule one right I mean, it's still, still schedule, schedule one, one. And that's acid, a big thing acid is scheduled to cocaine even cocaine is scheduled to yeah and, and the reason and <laughs> they bring out in one of these uh, episodes of this web series is your doctor if you say to your doctor a medical doctor your primary care doctor if you say, um, you know, I've used uh, medical cannabis or the high CBD or whatever, and I'm really getting good results, they will say to you, if that's helping you, great, go ahead and do that. If you ask them, where can I get it? They, By law, they cannot tell you because wow. that's facilitating an illegal transaction. Interesting. In, they have to abide by that, those the blanket guidelines of the federal government. They can't tell you. Right. They can't say, hey, <laughs> I know. go to, go go to, to Shambhala spark. between 420 and 520. <laughs> yeah. You get to spin the wheel. That's great. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Happy so, hour. Yeah, so um, narcotics. Yeah, so they gave you... This is the thing that's crazy yeah. about... Because if your doctor can't say, hey, you should be taking medical cannabis, but you're in a lot of pain, you're in constant pain, mm-hmm. and then you start taking opiates. I, I mean, we have such an opiate problem. It, I know. It's, a, it's amazing that like you didn't get hooked if you're in constant pain. And then right. once you start taking them for... I had I had, my, I had a knee... I did a ACL replacement. Mm-hmm. And 10 days I took those things. Mm-hmm. I couldn't poop. I mean, it was like I yeah, was in and now so there's much pain. now there's a prescription drug for opioid-induced constipation. So, they take yeah. the, the these horrible side effects of the drugs that they give us, and they create other drugs to treat the side effects. And right. guess what? Those drugs are going to have side effects too. Absolutely. People get off of it. So, as you may know about me. I don't even take aspirin. I don't take Tums for indigestion. I don't Advil, Tylenol, none of it. Huh, cool. Unless I almost rip my arm out of my shoulder. No, no, obviously if I I develop a serious infection or something where, you know, necessary. penicillin. I would take take an antibiotic. It would have to be almost life-threatening, but I would do it. Sure. Okay. Um... So I had this accident where essentially, dumbest accident with the worst damage ever. I fell off of a bicycle coming to a stop. So I was not hardly moving, but I forgot to put my feet down because not, and I wasn't on medical cannabis at the time. I was talking to somebody. I was trying to walk and chew gum at the same time. Sure. And I don't ride except for spin bikes, which don't fall over. Right. I don't ride bicycles regularly. So I forgot to put my feet down. Well gravity t- uh, kicked in and the bike started leaning to the right and it happened to be a very heavy bike i was i was testing out an e-bike it had an electronic motor sure you know and they're very heavy it's like a 60 pound right bicycle. like those ford bikes right so um the bike started leaning to the right and instinctively i knew i have a weakness on my right side, especially my right leg from an old, old accident in the 90s. And I thought immediately, like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to catch myself on my right leg. So I tried to catch myself on my right leg. 
Of course, it buckled. I stuck my right arm straight out because there was a fence nearby, like a chain link fence I was going to try and grab onto. Missed the fence, and I went down fast. It was like a split second. So I crashed to the ground. My right arm went straight up under my ear and popped the arm bone out of the shoulder socket. And I heard it because it happened right next to my ear. Right. And it hurt like hell, and it dazed me. I tried, I, I, I leaned over with my good arm, my right arm, and I tried to sit up. And as I came off the, the asphalt, my arm kind of didn't. Right, it, it's like a... Yeah, yeah. And I'm it's like... It's being held on by skin or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, called 911, went to the emergency room, and I could, I could tell the detail of the waiting for the 911 and the agony and all that. We'll skip that. So they gave me fentanyl. Ooh, right away. While I was still laying on the ground. Sure, sure. A small dose. What I learned that night, among other things, is they won't give you the full dosage of medication until you're able to verbally tell the doctor what happened. Sure. They give you small doses. So they gave me a little fentanyl, got me on the gurney, got me into the ambulance, Gave me a little more fentanyl. Got me, and I remember, have you ever been in an emergency room and they bring people in that are screaming on a gurney? Sure, sure. That was me. That was you. Oh You're like, ah, was it, it was the pain what? or was it, it the was scared? It was the pain. It was, it was so was awful. It was so painful. Yeah. And I've had pain. I mean, I had an abortion, not an awake abortion, but I had something years ago that before, oh my God, be, before lasers and sonograms and, and MRIs, before all of that, I had to have my uterus x-rayed. Oh. It's called a hysterosalpingogram. Oof. Uh, hysterouterus. Sure. Salpinge is the fallopian tubes and they want to x-ray it so what they used to have to do back in the day is inject those organs with the radioactive solution sure which means inserting something up through your cervix into your uterus. wow awake wow it hurt like hell so i yeah. had I, I went the whole thing with gallstones agony so i know pain sure i'm not a pain sissy this was beyond that. Your this arm was detached <laughs> from your body, being held on by skin. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So there, I would be freaking out. See, I wouldn't be freaking out because of the pain. I'd be freaking out because I'd be like, my arm is not attached to my body. <laughs> I, know. I know. It was a close race between the two. Too much pain, losing the arm. I don't know. I'm just like, get me out of here. <sighs> so they, they get me. It was Kaiser Oakland, who was wonderful, by the way. Thank you, Kaiser Oakland. And several times between... EMTs getting there and actually arriving at the emergency room, they asked me my Kaiser number, which I happen to have memorized. Really? That's great. It's not your, it's not your, yeah. uh, I, it's like the social it's, security. So, yeah. And I have, I had those, oh, yeah, I have my driver's license, my social and my Kaiser number committed Perfect. to memory. Yeah. So as, as they're, they're, we're at the ER, I'm out of the ambulance on the gurney, they're willing me, willing me. And I see peripherally there is like the intake dude now they have the tablet they're not stuck to that desk and they're like oh this okay this is the one and he goes and the kaiser number and i'm like one four five three six seven one four five three six seven one, help me i hurt i'm like ah <laughs> and i kept like a mantra i kept saying my kaiser number over sure. and over and they're like get her in the room and shut her up oh yeah give her some valium (laughs) something well so they i i talked to an official person 
and so that they had an official record of what had happened and so they could proceed accordingly Delauded. oh wow yeah Delauded. and you know what up until they gave me the Dilaudid, it really, the pain was still unbearable. They gave me the Dilaudid, and it was like, it still hurt, but I didn't care. Sure, <laughs> sure. You're delightful. Like, yeah, right, and in fact, my brother, the Buddhist priest, was the most lodged. I had, I had left my car parked in a school bus loading zone, which was legal in the evening on a weekday. Oh. But come 8 o'clock the next morning, yeah, this shit was going to be towed. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um... I, I, I called my brother, you know, once I could, like, was, you know, once calm, yeah, and I could, could talk, talk on the phone. Sure. And I said, look, Kaiser Oakland, and I'm like, I I need either you or your wife or your son, you know, I need someone to get my girl. It's like, we'll be right there. So he gets there, you know, and uh, he comes in the room, and I start telling him. And by, by the, between the call and the time he got there, I went from like buzz to total fucked up spill. Right, was, right, right, right. So he walks in. I'm like, oh, Gary. Hey, I, you won't believe what happened. <laughs> and he's looking at me and he's like, you know, nodding his head kind of. And then I saw the look on his face. I'm like, you know what? I better tell you where the car is while I can still... He goes, yes. Yeah, while while you you still still remember. (laughs) Yeah. While I can still form the words. So anyway, that happened. So your car got moved and everything was okay. He got my car. I spent the whole night in the emergency room. Um, Fixed the arm. As soon as they fixed the arm... And instantly the pain was gone. They just had to put your arm back in. Yeah, they popped it back in. And uh, knocked me out because it was it was there was a fracture and a dislocation blah blah blah. As soon as they rectified that, I realized that my right hip, where I had also landed on asphalt, was kind of screaming in pain, sure. but I didn't notice it through the other pain. Right. So they X-rayed the hip and they MRI'd it because like 62 years old, this shit's got to be broken, right? Right. Right. Not a scratch. Good, great. But a bad um, compression injury, so meaning that all the cartilage between the hip bone and the tail of my spine was bruised and uh, super painful for about six weeks too. So let's get to the Vicodin. Yeah, yes. So they, so (laughs) you're you're in the hospital. They've been giving you fentanyl. They've got you on Dilaudid. You're there for three days. You were in the no, just in the ER, just in the ER. Then they sent you home. Well, I, I oh, I missed the best drug of all, the propofol. Oh, they gave me they gave me propofol to knock me out to do they generally they like count back from 100 and you go nah generally they keep you awake when they're popping your arm bone back in but because of the severity they knocked me out and I'm grateful for that Dr. Farrell at the ER he's Dr. Farrell this is how fucked up I was right this young doctor very nice looking he looked like he was 12 right sure, to me sure. yeah. um, and everybody was saying always oh, the best always oh, the best I expect this 80 year old guy to come no Doogie Hauser comes in yeah. and I'm fucked up and I'm like Dr. Farrell I'm like is that feral like like a feral cat yeah. and he's like he's like yeah kind of I'm like are you a wild cat <laughs> It's exactly what I said to him. Oh my god! Yeah, so twenty-two-year-old, twenty-seven-year-old doctor. Yeah, I know. So, um, I yeah, I spent the night there. They got me straight. They they sent me home with drugs, and um, then it was a thing that 
I could be better in two weeks. I oh. could be better in six weeks. They don't know no, until it, it actually happens. Sure. Um, long story short, because I don't want to really belabor this point, I lost my job over it. Oh. Only because at the time of the accident, I was in a new job, oh. and I, I was there less than three months. And of course, they're going to be like, you're on probationary period, bye-bye. Right. Well, not only that, they under the Family Medical Leave Act, which applies here, when you run, like, they w- could not even allow me to take time off without pay because of the short i mean they had to it's like a whole labor law thing so i lost my job which i think is a blessing because as with your friend i'm taking this time i really was 30 years of legal secretary and paralegal it's enough sure it most people don't last three years sure in these 30 years yeah 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 yeah. so i am taking this time to kind of reevaluate and about what other things i'm going to do yeah, well, I mean, you're 63. The world's your oyster. Like, what do you want to, you know, it's like, what do you want? Pam Benjamin, I love you so much. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, though. The I mean. world, well, well, so the things that I'm doing, as you may or may not know, I am a certified, I'm certified by Cuddlist.com as a uh, therapeutic platonic touch practitioner. That's badass. It is badass. There's, they showed, there was a show on the it was like my weird job or whatever and it was a person ah, who was a, a cuddlist a, 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 yes and they helped people um deal with their intimacy issues intimacy uh, yes all of that ptsd um you know if you're a widow if you're or a widower if you're disabled if you're socially awkward sure. you know if you're a nerd if you're just maybe a very busy professional man or a woman and you don't you need we need touch we're mammals we need to be touched by other mammals and if your lifestyle is such for whatever reason that you're not in a relationship either don't want a relationship can't find a relationship or are too picky like me or just no time just no time exactly so this is this is a thing that uh, people do I'm not able, I haven't been able to practice that craft since the accident. I'm kind of slowly getting back to where I'll probably ease. I'm planning on go. They also have cuddle parties throughout the Bay Area, which are group sessions. So I'm planning on going to one of those this Saturday. Cool. It's going to be at the Armory of all places. Well, and that used to be kink.com and it's not anymore. I know, but it's a place for us to gather. And um, I guess if you're listening to this and you're interested, how would you find it on meetup there if you go to meetup and look for sf cuddles i think it is or on facebook there is an sf cuddles page and it's clandestine this isn't like orgy group sex this is no everyone's got their they're in some state of dress and it's about human touch it's about human touch there is uh clothing is required the minimum amount of required clothing is at least a tank top and shorts that come to mid thigh wow cool yeah and um a lot of the cuddle party rules quote unquote are designed to um to provide a safe container for giving and receiving touch and you're Every cuddle party, no matter how many you've been to, they start with a, there's a welcome circle, and then there's a kind of an orientation, what this is, what it isn't. It's not sexual. It's It's not a dating site. It's not a dating site. It's not a hookup thing. It is 
all about consent and boundaries, which is very topical in the times we're living in. And And really healthy, and a lot of people have no idea anything about it. That's right. That's what I've gotten the most out of becoming certified and practicing this craft, is how, how to say yes, how to say no when you mean no and generally when you mean maybe you should be saying no Ah. because if it's not a yes don't give a mistaken impression that it might be a yes that's not like no means right now it's a no so it's a whole thing and it's fascinating so um sf cuddles on facebook i believe is what you want to look for so um once i'm back to being able to fully use the right shoulder, arm, and and all that. I'm going to be building up that business. I'm also looking into um, becoming a pro-dominatrix. Cool. Super cool. Which kind of seems like opposite ends of the touch spectrum. No, but it's the consent spectrum. It's the consent spectrum. Right. And actually, my my working in the cuddlest field has kind of, you know, I know a lot of people in our area who are also involved in the world of kink be, just for that reason. Sure. Um, and you, of course, you keep the two practices separate. You don't want to get them confused. So, um, yeah, the whole, uh, you, they always say that when something, there's some tragedy happens, everything happens for a reason. Well, right. for the first six weeks of that Vicodin-induced in, stupor, I searched my mind constantly for the reason. Well, sure. But a lot of things are coming out of it. I've been able to rethink career options also. Um, but why should you have to have a career? You're 60, 63. You should be able to, now's the time for you to do whatever the fuck you want to well, do. Well, yeah, I do still have to make money is the thing. But I did not plan for thir- 30 retirement. Years, well, not like retirement. Right. But you have a, do you have a pension? You have 401k of some kind? You got nothing. I've got nothing. Yeah, it's probably... That's I, what I, 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 whenever I had... 401k money and I left a job I I I took a I I took it right. I took the took I paid the penalty. paid the tax penalty one time like my first um 401k distribution I paid cash for a motorcycle and you know nice what? that's so cool not sorry a bit yeah of course not ever in my life not for a split second so anyway I didn't plan for retirement and I don't think I'm ready to just sit back and do nothing you know it's it's okay well but not do nothing like right do you know, fun things right well and you know really buckle down on your comedy or write a novel or yeah you know like yeah the comedy is always or, there too and I've not been disciplined about it um I think you know it's not completely off the table I do miss it um I, I'm gonna really work on on the the cuddling and the whipping people yeah. <laughs> first and i'll keep you posted on how well, that i goes. think the two can dovetail together very i easily. think they can i stay in the comedy and and yeah. even even with it just writing it sounds like you're gonna yeah. have a whole new well of knowledge and material. experience and material to be able to yeah. you know communicate to people and if i can develop these two practices into some reasonable income stream then i will also have the freedom my time will be scheduled by me i won't be locked into a nine to five which is more conducive to you know creative endeavors like writing and performing so i'm hoping it's going to work out absolutely 
I have I have so many questions. Uh, I know. I should so, come back. Yeah, I, know. Well, we have I will come back. I will come back anytime you want me to. Just for well, as long as I'm like you know not whipping someone or cuddling. Yeah. Them. Well, the, the, I think the cuddling is is very interesting, and it that is. there aren't mm. enough like books and information on ways that people can experience healthy touch mm-hmm. in the absence of a relationship because maybe even people stay in relationships too long because yeah. they have such a fear of like what sleeping hap- alone sleeping alone just sure. that yeah exactly being held um, I'm actually working on an article that hopefully I'll I'll get I, I, I'm planning to post on the Cuddleist blog they don't know it yet but um, about how the age of consent is upon us not as in how old you have to be right to consent to certain acts but it's like the dawning of an age and this is the age of consent and it ties into all of the sexual harassment claims absolutely it ties in to rape it ties into domestic violence everything and we i mean at least my i think my generation is sort of one one just behind you Mm -hmm. and we weren't taught like i was honestly taught that if your husband wants to have sex with you you should have sex with your husband right like Mm -hmm. you just should yeah that's a part of being a wife yeah is that you know maybe you don't want it it's your job you're gonna do it anyway yeah it's your job he makes more money he's taking care of these things he's doing the bills he's taking out the garbage he's cutting the heads off the fish right well i cut the heads off the fish. i can deal with the fish (laughs) but but it was that i i had unconsensual sex so much in my 20s and early 30s Mm. only because I didn't know any better like I didn't know when I got to college because I was taught like oh being a virgin is really important Mm -hmm. um, because of the Christianity thanks Jesus thank you Jesus thanks Jesus for that one (laughs) but I didn't know you could get um, HIV from giving a blowjob until I was 24 I was out of college so when I get to college and I'm 18 everyone's telling me Oh, you just have to suck everybody's dick. That's just the way it is. And like everybody, but that was <laughs> kind of like show business. <laughs> kind of like show business. But so I'm, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm 18. I'm my first year of college, and I come from the Jesus place, and and I didn't, I didn't know any. And it was like, and yeah. guys, I'd go out with guys, and they'd sort of do that thing where they're like, all right. And I was it's like, time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just paid forty dollars for dinner. Well, they didn't even take me. No, I know in college, or it wasn't even anything. <laughs> but it nickel wasn't, beers. It was this strange expected thing where. Yeah. It was just like, and that was the thing is if you didn't do it, they'd be like, what's wrong with you? That is very much to the point. And, and this is in 93, 94, 95. And I this believe like the Stone Age. Bu- but I believe it's still happening, Pam. Sure. And I go back. The premise of this, this article in progress is coming out of being a baby boomer and coming out of the sexual revolution. As a little girl, my female role models were like Donna Reed, Mrs. Cleaver. <laughs> sure. Right like, around really the. Bu- Right around the time I hit puberty, the feminist movement began to blossom with, you know, Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinem and the burning the bras, the pill. Right. People were taking the pill. And so now I I had to do a complete 180 Mm -hmm. and it fucked up my head. I'll be really honest. Absolutely. By the time I got to high school, being a virgin was like having the plague socially. Uh It was like, you're nobody. If you weren't carrying that compact of pills in your purse and fucking your boyfriend you were not cool i mean you were just like not cool 
I went to college, Stockton State College, holler at you, Pomona, New Jersey. It was like Fuck Fest 73. I am telling you, sure. living on campus, it was. I went to parties, and friends of mine from college can attest to this. I went to parties where, you know, we li- living on campus, there were like, it was like an apartment complex. It was like a quad. Yeah. It was like C building and D building. And you would go from party to party to party and like fuck a different guy at each wow. party. Yeah. And as long as you were on birth control, because in those days, little children listening, there was no HIV. Sure. This was, you know, in the 70s. And the you worst. You get the clap, the syphilis. And, the you know, what? there was an STD scare on Seacourt, which is where I lived. And just everybody living on that quad went to the county health service. You got a shot of penicillin, big one in each cheek, two shots, boom, boom. Done. Yeah, no more chlamydia. Done. Right. All of it. Sure. Syphilis, gone. gonorrhea, chlamydia, it's gone. gone. Yeah. You know. Wow. Different times. Different times. See, it's uh, that's like guys now are like, that sounds like a great porno. Yeah. But um, <laughs> in, the, yes. in, the, in the 90s, like, I definitely felt the pressure of, and there was a lot of date rape, and there was a lot of oh, yeah. frat guys that... Would, I mean, I, I was almost taken advantage of in a in a uh, condo in Mexico on a spring break tour thing. And oh I was super drunk because that afternoon I had done this contest at Senior Frogs where you, I was like, four free shots of tequila. This is right <laughs> up my alley. The thing where you like put on the hat and you have to go around the bat and uh-huh. then you have to go under something and over something and take a shot and you have to go back and do this four times. So that was like the beginning of the day. Oh, so needless that to was say, breakfast. That was breakfast. So <laughs> I'm super wasted. It's nighttime. And some guy brought me upstairs and I didn't know what was going on. I was so drunk. And one of my other friends, his last name was McCune and his parents owned car things. They sold cars. Oh, dealerships. But dealerships. Yeah. But his name was McCune, last name. And he came up and he got on this. He, got, he was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Look, she's like fucking passed out. What are you doing? And he was like oh, trying to like. Bless him. I know. What a good guy. Did he get you out of there? Yeah, he did. Good, yeah, Mr. McCune. Me, he got me out of there downstairs, brought me, he was like, where are you staying? And like brought me back to my place, delivered right. me to the ladies. Everything right. was right. But he like saved me from date rape. I, yeah. th- I was completely out of it. I yeah. had no idea that was going to happen. Now, let me ask you this. In those times, did they call it date rape? Yeah. Okay. They did. I was date raped before it was even a thing. Oh. So it was a man that I worked with in New Brunswick, New Jersey. It was... The summer before college, I think. So summer of 1973. And uh, seemed like a cool guy. I think he was married with a kid. And he also happened to be black. You know, not for nothing. But like one of the whitest black men, like a Brian Gumbel type, you know, doesn't sound black on the phone. And I'm sorry if that's racist. It's not intended to be. They call themselves Oreo cookies. Yes, like an an Oreo. Exactly. So... um, and in getting to know him at work and just kind of like casual conversation, it came out that we both smoked weed. Cool. So we were like, hey, we should get together after work some night and, you know, go smoke a joint, split a joint, something like that. So we did. And I had a car and he, I don't think he did. He was also a student at Rutgers. He might have been oh. a grad student, something like that. But... Um, so we went in my car. We found a... Let's go find some... Because in 1973, you don't want to get stopped with a joint in your car anywhere and you know college campus doesn't matter sure um so 
you go in the car, you find a secluded place to park, like super, super secluded, where no one's even going to see like the light from the lit joint, <laughs> and we get high. Now he and he's like, so before we start smoking, he goes, let's sit in the back seat because we can hunker down and no one will see us. So we did that, and it was a two-door car. Can't get out. So we got high. Yeah. Sneaky predator. We got high. This man had not flirted with me, had not laid a hand on me, no double entendres, no insinuations, nothing. Super friend, friend, friend zone. So we get back there, get a good buzz on, and he knocks me over. And he goes, hey, hey, we could have some fun, blah, blah, blah. Knocks me over. Gets, you know, starts to undo my pants. I push him away. He grabs me by the throat. <gasps> oh, my God. Pushes me down. And anybody who knows me who's never heard this story, you know, get over it. It was a lifetime ago. It really did happen. I'm not naming names. Um, and, and I was, like, kicking and moving. And, like, I tried. In I, like, your own car? In my own car. Ugh. And I remember kicking him like in the side of the head or something and the grip around my throat tightened and he said, if you do that again, I will fucking choke you. Wow. Yeah. And he fucked me. Wow. Yep. And then you can't go to the cops because what are you going to say? We were smoking. He would say she was smoking marijuana. That's right. And in so 19... he scared you out of it by saying yeah. anything. Yeah. And he's like, afterwards, I'm like, I'm crying. I'm like, you know, what the fuck? what just happened how could you do that and he's like oh come on it's not like you haven't had sex before oh and he goes what are you gonna do tell our boss oh my god oh all of this and you just didn't go to the police well, and, but in you those couldn't, days i mean if you went to your boss then he'd say well she made me smoke pot it well, was her idea for us or she's right. a pot smoker like right. he could try to make himself okay be like don't believe her she's a pot smoker right it's not true she tried to get me high right we yeah. were just i thought we were just going for a hamburger or something like that and then even if you did report it to someone of authority who believed you they would have said what were you thinking being alone with a man in the back seat of your car you right. were asking for it yeah. See, and that's the whole thing where it comes down to yep. consent is it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Where you are, what you're doing, what you're wearing. And you know, it doesn't even matter if you're a woman and you're looking to get laid and you go out to a club and you're dressed provocatively and you get picked up and it's clear that's like, yeah, we're going back to my place. It's going to be a booty call, whatever, whatever. At the last moment, at any moment in time, the nature of consent is it's fluid. You can change. And boys need to be taught this. Right. Men, young men, boys need to be taught this. Yes means yes. No means no. Subject to change with no notice. I mean, it just is. Sure. If I lead you right up to the brink and say, oops, changed my mind, and you go forward, that's rape. right. Sorry. And if you say, well, you're being a cock tease and this and that. So well. And yeah. the things you don't know what happened. Maybe like we start making out and it reminds me of Uncle Steve or yeah. something. And suddenly I'm like back home, like I'm six years old and there's Uncle Steve and I'm like, ah, whatever. And then I say no. It doesn't mean that they but the, I think that I don't know. I want to hear the uncle I want to hear the Uncle Steve story. No, I just, just I just kidding. said Uncle I know. Steve. Yeah, I don't I, know. I don't think that's oh. the I don't think that I was ever 
molested as a child. I mean, no, I know I wasn't. I my parents were so they were wonderful. Are wonderful. My dad's yeah. deceased. My mom is not. Wonderful parents. Very protective. I didn't even know sex. What sex was until practically until I had it. Right. Yeah. You know. I was very similar. My mom yeah. wouldn't let me... Um, Catholic? Catholic? Uh, Presbyterian Presbyterian, yeah. yeah. That's like the cool Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> we drove down, there was a lot of Jesus in the house. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I didn't have to go to sex ed in high school because my mom wrote a note to the school. So I never <gasps> even had to have that class in sophomore. She said... I don't want my daughter in that class. She doesn't, we'll teach her what she needs to know about sex. We really think she's too young to be, to learn about this in the context, which is why uh-huh. I didn't know you could HIV from a blowjob till I was 24. Like after wow. I'd done my, um, a huge, because I was a, I was a virgin till I got married. I mean, it was the first guy that I had sex with. So stop. It. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, Pam. We were, I know. Well, it wasn't it wasn't until we got I married. I bet. But the down guy, to. But the guy that you the married, guy that I married was the first was the guy. guy. Right. Yeah. So oh, man. I had no idea. And I never watched porn. I've never watched porn. I've never been. So I had no idea what sex was. I didn't even know until yeah. I was in my 30s how I was supposed to shave my vagina hair. <laughs> I thought that you just sort of did the sides. I yeah. didn't know you were supposed to go all the way like back the and thing. all this. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Suddenly I'm in my 30s and I'm like, I left my husband and I'm out here in San Francisco. And I'm like, one of the guys I first kind of got together with, he was like, you have the funniest pubes. And I was like, I have what? He's like, you're so old school. Like you've got it just on the sides. And like, and I was like, that's what is the, what's like, how do you look? look, Everybody was taking everything off. Yeah. I can't do that. I've tried it. I get like, I get trichomonas shit. Yeah. I need that hair. I I need at least the little landing strip. I feel like the reason pubic hair exists is to make the pee go into the toilet. It does. So if you shave <laughs> off that whole area or you get a Brazilian, yeah. it's just like water sports. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like you're all wet. It's like a spray it's instead of a stream. Spray. It's like it's like urine is not nature's bidet. I yeah. didn't want to spray. It's not clean. It's not. It's making me smell funny. And I really think... And heaven forbid you had asparagus for dinner. Right. Oh, my God. But I really think that pubic hair's purpose is to make the pee go down into the toilet. Yeah, it's like like a little drain. Yeah. It's a capillary action. It draws the fluid downward, and you know, and it's everything is much cleaner. And why... I mean, why... And it's the whims of men that Mm. somehow change the grooming. I know. Yeah, I'm like they want us to look like ten year old girls. And they, yeah, they want us to shave, like I ah, shave my legs and I shave my pants. Shave, 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 shave. I, I don't <laughs> want, like I don't want to deal with this. I used I to dye my mustache. I used to spend. I used to be such a girly girl in junior high and high school. Really? I would, yeah, I would wake. I would put my clothes out because I was very concerned about what people thought about me. Okay. I put my clothes out the night before. That certainly has changed. Yeah, I know. For the better, right? I think so too. <laughs> but in the morning, I would spend. I don't know, maybe 30 minutes on my makeup every morning. And this is junior high and high school. I had so much makeup. I wore makeup. And then after PE, I'd put all my makeup on. And I was like, I was very like put together. Kind of a a, a 90s Barbie version. Kind of. Kind of. So what it, but it was more like 90210 happened while I was in high school. Yeah, that's a better reference. So I thought that 90210 
because because I was rich and that's what we all dressed like and that's what my life was like. Yeah. I thought everybody was like that. Oh, I thought everybody was nine zero two one zero. That's that was life. Right. That was just reality. Well, that's like, that's like yeah. our new forty five president. I feel like he thinks that everything <laughs> is still nine zero two one zero because everybody's rich. Right? Everyone's a billionaire, right? Everyone's a billionaire grabbing pussies grabbing left and right. Everyone is doing it. By the way, I happened to hear a bit of that last segment about how you grab a pussy, <laughs> and I have a theory. Ah! That I only I, I, I think a lot like guys because you know I, I had this older brother who was protective yet gross of me sure. you know yeah. he kind of likes it you know you know men are pigs don't let them be pigs and all this stuff but I've had a lot of close male friends over the years so if you think of a bowling ball yes and if the vagina it's only got one hole and it's the vagina if you grab from the front and can get that finger up in the vagina you got a good grab hold sure. don't you think right absolutely oh. yeah it's like a, it's the accidental finger bang but if you if you want to think of it like a bowling ball it's like you got to put one and, you can actually use the urethra as a hole maybe uh, maybe oh, and then there's the butthole and then there's a the butt so you oh, can yeah. get all three you can get I all guess, three if you really want to grab the whole thing that precedent of ours is just disgusting awful i i, I it disgusting. was so hard on the last show because i'm just so incensed that this is even happening I know like I want to believe this is a terrible dream that I'm just going to wake up from and be like yay Yay. the ERA passed and we're all equal like and something give us something I'm a Marxist weirdo and I I could get behind Oprah for president I could I heard what you were saying too about you know maybe her getting some government experience because that's the problem with with the with the 45 is you know i don't think what he's doing i don't think that's the biggest problem with the 45 i think even if he had government experience he would want to be the king which is what he wants now it's the narcissistic personality it is it's the mental there's no altruism which oprah has oprah oozes altruism yeah absolutely um and just you know kindness and intelligence oprah has 89 times the intelligence Absolutely. that Trump has. So Well, and it would be so fun if like during her inauguration, she was like, look under your chairs. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Bravo. You get Bravo. a car. She's a about- car. Like, I don't want a car, Oprah, but thank you. One thing I want to make sure to touch on, um, getting not, not getting back to my accident, there's enough about that, but the aspect of my injury where I needed Vicodin. Yeah. And, I was taking Vicodin, Tylenol, and ibuprofen yeah. for different aspects. You know, it's the inflammation and the pain relief, and then they're just knocking me out so I could sleep. Um, so I weaned off. I'm pretty good at weaning off narcotics um, because I base. I kind of hate the way they make me feel. Um, but I, I hurt myself worse when I get so fucked up. Like I forget I'm fucked up. <laughs> And so then I get into a car normally or yeah. I do something I'm not supposed to do because I feel so great. You do feel great. And then it's like, oh, crap, I have yeah. stitches yeah. in my center or whatever, yeah. you know. Well, you know, a, a time came. Well, first of all, I don't believe in the opioid epidemic. I mean, oh. I think that people who want to 
abuse drugs should be able to. It's only a problem in this country because it's illegal and it's only illegal on paper. I mean, there are plenty of stories and accounts out there about how the government, the DEA, turns a blind eye towards massive distribution of pharmaceutical opioids just because somebody paid them to. Absolutely. So, and, you know, they keep government officials keep quoting, you know, 250,000 opioid-related deaths last year. They're called suicides. Sure. That's yeah. what they are. Right, right, right. So right, let's right. talk about how many suicides from hanging or shooting yourself in the head or slitting your own throat. I mean, if you want to, is it bad? Yes. Is opioid abuse bad? Yes. Does it ruin lives? Yes. But we have to treat this. Why are people getting on and continuing to stay you. on massive Thank amounts you. of opioids? There's something wrong. In society, and so why are high school kids um, developing so much rage that they take guns to school and shoot everybody, and and not you know automatic weapons, and you know killing people in churches and all of this stuff? Scary because they don't care because there's the empathy. There's no they don't get touched enough. They don't get touched enough, and I just don't think we're taught empathy or that empathy like exists as a thing. Well, and that's where I think Buddhist philosophy, even if you don't practice or meditate or whatever but we've got to develop a philosophy of kindness the way that i got out of the vicodin thing because i was still in hella pain when they were starting to say um you know no more vicodin for you and which i think was wrong i wasn't abusing it i was only using it for sleep not every night i was using it as needed that that's it's a judgment call and fuck them they don't know what was going on in my body but when the time came, I started um, uh, taking, you know, my regular CBD tinctures that I was taking. I, I was, had seen this web series about how pain manage for pain management, you should really have at least a small proportion of THC and what to look for and how to kind of experiment to find the right dose. So that's what I did. And I, there are different mixtures that you can buy in a dispensary of the oil. I can't smoke because I don't want to smoke sure. because my lungs are fucked and I don't want them to get any more fucked Sure. So I started looking at the different ratios of CBD to THC and, you know, a one-to-one ratio will get me high, but it's okay if I take it at night because I'm just going to pass gonna out. Sleep. Yeah. Um, and... It's amazing how effective that stuff is for pain relief. Yeah, and absolutely. Yep, and so even there's a there's a different one, a cannabinoid that's in the plant called THCA. Yes, it's the acids of the plant, so it doesn't get you high <laughs> at all. It does not. But it's massive anti-inflammatory. Yeah, it's great. Like, and if you <laughs> even if you have a headache and you take a sip of this stuff, it's like it's just I know because it's a massive anti-inflammatory, and it's yeah. before it's before the plant flowers. It, right. So it's it's the vegetated. <laughs> vegetative state of the plant and even right. you can derive thca from like stems and pin leaves yeah when there's no buds on them and you can still extract thc so it's like there's 52 active cannabinoids so that we're and the combinations exactly. in different plants are are literally limitless yeah and there's so much good that can be done with this, these drugs and not in terms of just pain relief and relieving anxiety and and relaxation but they're finding now an efficacy against cancer. Yeah. And I mean, that's huge. Huge, huge, huge. Now, of course, it all ties in with my theory, which is not 
a conspiracy theory. It's a reality-based theory that science and the medical community in America don't want to cure cancer. They will never cure cancer because they're making too much fucking money it's selling the same thing with diabetes. bogus drugs. Right, and the radiation and the this and the that. Whereas in other countries, what they're doing against cancer is mind-blowing. And some of it is through medical cannabis. And a lot of it Boom. is through diet. Exactly. And, and the thing is that we... we we love diabetes because we've got the we've got those fat weirdos eating the shitty food, and now they get diabetes, and now there's all this all the money there's medication, all the money, money and medication, and they'll money keep, and, and, and insurance. They'll, keep, they'll and, keep eating the shitty food, yeah. and the the diabetes medications uh, are going to produce side effects. Well, we can come up with new medications for the side effects, exactly, and then they'll die. Well, it's and it's great for people to be unhealthy that spend a lot of money on the. It's like I the know. medical industrial. It's like the new war complex. It is. It's sick. We love it. And I was hearing you were touching on that in the last show, too. I feel like I should just live here and listen to you all the time. No, it's just just Wednesdays when we get all political. Well, you know me. It is so important. Yeah, you're a vegan. I'm a crazy-ass vegan. No, and veganism isn't crazy. And I have so much. I know we all make fun of vegans and stuff. But there's Mm -hmm. so much respect for not... Why I'm writing a story right now set in the future and mm-hmm. it's called Jane Six. It's on timstesseract.com. And after the water wars of 2121, there there are no animals. There's no vermin. There's no cats. Oh. There's there's no people. They don't know what cows are. There's right. no nobody's eating animal products just because we kill. We they they're don't not exist there anymore. anymore we raped the earth completely. Yeah, we've ruined it to the point. So where, now, how are humans getting water? Are we manufacturing a, water? There's well, there's the rich people have water, and certain different people they've subjugated them. But a lot of people have these multiple catheters that they have to walk around. So everything is recycled. Oh, so everyone man. wonders what's in the green, what's in the it's in the brown goo tube that's feeding you. But everybody knows what the brown goo is made of. But but when you become a sexer or a breeder or a host, you have different things that you get as a woman. Right. You have to sure. choose one of the three, though. And it's yeah. like, there's all this weird stuff. But it's in the future where there are no animals. No animals. And it's funny because I started watching this show last night on Netflix, which shapes all our reality, called The Travelers, where these mm. people from the future come back to our time okay. and are trying to save humanity and they're all vegans they're like they eat all this meat what right. are they doing why oh, would they gotta watch how could that. they deal with the resources in this way like, I know they're also confused and so the people on earth are like you're so different now what happened to my tie wearing carnivore and he's like yeah. let's have why don't we have vegan tonight for dinner and she's like who are you who are you what kind but, of freak are you but it's that the, the future we can no longer afford to Use you use our resources in this willy nilly stupid way. Like mm-hmm. it takes so much water mm-hmm. and so to raise a cow for us mm-hmm. to eat, which we that's just, one cow, one cow, one cow, and however many burgers that cow makes, mm-hmm. there's so much gas going into that cow. Even mm-hmm. though we're like gas, mm-hmm. but the fake food we take, we take the corn and we turn it into the corn product, and then they drive it to the cows, and the cows eat this, and then they're mm-hmm. supposed to eat grass. But mm-hmm. now the ruminant animals are eating these. They're not, not eating grass, eat. right? So then we have to give them RBST, this mm-hmm. weird hormone, so that they don't get sick because they're not eating what God or whatever the high whatever what nature created, intended what nature intended yeah. them to eat. Now they're eating something completely different, so they get sick. So now we give them this stuff, but then it makes the kids, makes the girls' periods come faster because of the RBST. <laughs> yeah, We're like whatever. But all of it's and crazy. None of us are seeing. Like it's we're all like 
somehow blind to it. I think people are starting to see more. And I'll tell you what's the easiest thing to see that's really catching on is the water use. Yeah. Especially if you live in California where drought is becoming, every time it happens, it happens. We're in a drought, can't water the lawns like big fuck whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um... People are realized it gets more, each one gets a little more serious, a little more perilous. And I've actually seen there was an, I was using BART to commute a couple of years ago. There was actually like a, a print ad campaign. You see posters on BART trains and institutions about, um, um, don't water your lawn. No, it was a picture <laughs> of a cow and it said, not your mom, question mark, not your milk. Right. Things like that. And then about about um, how many showers you would have to skip to make up for the amount of water it takes to create a pound of hamburger. Wow. It's mind-boggling. Like, to create a pound of hamburger takes, like, th- I don't know, 3,000 gallons of water. Wow. Just a pound. That's insane. And to produce a pound of any plant-based food is, like, 100 gallons sure, or something. Sure. It's a ridiculous thing. So I know a few people, one <clears throat> one specifically in particular, who went vegan just for the fact of preserving the, the Earth's resources, right? especially yeah. the water. And then another thing people don't think about is, okay, you've raised a full-grown fucking cow, mm-hmm. and you're going to slaughter it, which sucks Sad right there. Awful. Um, cows are nice too. They're cows very are nice, nice creatures. Too. So we're, don't get me started on pigs. Yeah, pigs are so <laughs> pigs are so smart. Pigs are smarter They're than cool. dogs. So you slaughter this animal, this three thousand pound animal, and you're going to use, you know, the flank, the the ribs, the this, the the rump, all of those, you know, the steaks, the fillet, all of this stuff. What happens to the rest of it? Dog food. Yeah. Cat what happens to the blood? Good question. What happens to the feces? Ooh, that's even a better question. And the urine. Thought about that. You know, so for every one of these, for every one of these massive animals, however many gallons of blood, the blood drains. It goes into the sewage system, goes out to the ocean. So does the feces. So does the urine. And then the methane gas. Cows fart. They're mammals. All mammals fart. Huge mammals fart. Huge amounts of gas. Sure, sure. And it's. And they're like, oh, well, cows would fart anyway. Yeah, but if we weren't producing cows to produce meat, there would be few. There would be a normal amount of cows farting. I think that it's the way of thinking of, and I'm totally stereotyping here, but the United States, is that if I have enough money, it's fine. So with the saving of the water, people are like, yeah, I'm going to... If I can afford to keep my grass green, why wouldn't I do it? Oh, so I pay... $150 a month with water. Whatever. I can afford it. Mm -hmm. But it isn't about like, it's like you selfish bitch. Right. What are you doing? So that you can afford it. Right. But it's the same thing with meat. I think that if we made the price of it, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't like $3.99 a pound for ground beef, if it was like $25 a pound for ground beef, Mm -hmm. that would start to change people's ideas about the cost because the cost on the environment Mm -hmm. isn't equitable to the cost to the consumer that's true and so if we could somehow make that gap be we could make that be more similar that water does cost way more then people will be forced 
to care about the earth. I know. It, 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 but, and it's, it's sad in a way that it's, you, they're reducing it all to money. Right. Absolutely. And sad isn't even the right word. It's, it's completely, an, it, it's inappropriate. It's incongruous. I mean, it, it, one has nothing to do with the other. I, I, if you totally don't care if the earth is going to be uh, habitable in 100 years or 200 years, it, that, then you're basically saying, fuck everyone else. Right. I don't care. Which is not what Buddhists would do. Right. Buddhists care. Well, Buddhists don't eat McDonald's. <laughs> they don't. You know, like... Well, some of them do. I hate to tell you, I've, I've just met... Too many, you know, meat-eating Buddhists. Buddhists. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to, like, profess to Buddhism. Just a a little newsflash for anyone out there who's not familiar with Buddhism. It's not... a, it's not an organized religion, especially Zen Buddhism. I mean, there, there, there is a philosophy, there are books, the teachings of Buddhism. But I am violently, if I can be violent about anything, <laughs> let's say I'm, I'm vehemently opposed to organized religion. Absolutely, any form of organ, not because the belief they're, the beliefs that they're based on are wrong or right. It's not for me to say. Everybody gets to believe their own belief system. It's just that when you band together into an organization, a corporation really of sorts, but you know, with special corporation with special treatment under the law, Mm -hmm. and you band together, and basically the reason you band together is to say, my pretend friend in the sky is better than your pretend friend in the sky, and you know the Jews. My sense of morality, right, is is better better than than yours. My set of rules makes more sense than your set of rules. Right, right. and And Jesus was not the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus was a guy. But you're somehow amoral for not believing right. in the belief structure that they believe in. But right. it's like, really? Especially yeah, is when it, it has to do with everyone's genitals. That's the thing that makes me crazy anyways. I'm like, how much of religion is based on having or not having, having sex with have, whom? Or, or having a penis or not right. having a penis. Exactly. The thing that really gets me that people lose sight of, you know, there's such a mania these days about Islamic terrorism. Like if right. anything, if a person is Muslim or, you know, um, Islamic or whatever, they're a terrorist. The fact of the matter is that Every religion has committed violence and wars in the name of their religion. Look back to the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition. The Catholic Church is like the worst. They're the the worst of it. In 1562 and what they did to witches, the malefactorum, the hammer of witches. And they were just torturing people. And you know what? That all came out to be a land grab. It was when when women's... When women's husbands would die, or uh-huh. if they chose not to get married, and if they inherited right. land from their father, right. and they suddenly are sitting on land, right. someone would go, she poisoned my, my, my cow has another extra leg, lost a leg or something, right, right. and suddenly she's a witch, and then they take her land away. Right. Yeah. Or kill her, and or then, her. yeah, then yeah. I get the land because right, exactly. I killed her. Because right. there was a time, young ladies out there, even in this country, and not that long ago, that women were not permitted to own land. They could yeah. be willed land, but even then, it was kind of expected that they would marry, at which point the land would become their husbands. Sure. Literally. Yeah. Not able to own 
land. Well, and that's the whole dowry thing is that we weren't worth anything. It's like, well, if you're going to take her off my hands, I better give you something for her because (laughs) now you got to take care of her. And, you know, all she's going to do. That's right. Like somehow our gifts and abilities weren't comparable or that we're not people or that it's just crazy to me but have you watched um i love this show and i'm dying for the second uh, season of sort the handmaid's tale no i haven't seen it. <gasps> is it is it a netflix it's a hulu oh, it's a and hulu. it is worth it's like 8.99 a month for hulu get fucking hulu huh. it's crazy and it's it's based on a novel by margaret atwood called the Handmaid's right, Tale, which I, is. I haven't read. I don't read. I've got like 145 IQ. I just hate to read. I hate it. Yeah, you know, short attention span, whatever. But the story, I, I don't even... Oh. You're popular. We went... We're oh, fine. my. We're fine. Are you... Did you have an appointment? Are you... No. You know what that is. What does that mean? I need to move my car by 335. Oh, okay, good. Because I'm in the two-hour spot. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that... The Gestapo are out hard out here. Yeah, I know. And you know what I did? I parked. We have meter parking in front of our apartment. And on New Year's Day, meters are suspended. Yeah. So I parked right in front of the apartment on New Year's Day. Wasn't drinking. I don't drink. I wasn't even doing a lot of medical cannabis. And the next morning, I totally forgot that the next morning was um, Tuesday. Right which is street cleaning between 7 and 8 a.m. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, and my friend called to borrow the car. I'm like, yeah, it's in the garage. She has the spare key to the car. She goes to the garage. She calls me. It's like, um, your car is not in the garage. And I'm freaking out. I left it on this. So they don't put paper tickets on your windshield anymore. Really? It's electronic. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a slip in the mail for like $125 street cleaning. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, I'm gonna have to go soon. Yeah, you can't af- you can't afford. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. It's it's a poor tax though. That's another thing our city does. Oh, like yeah, parking stuff. That's all poor tax. Like rich yeah. people have people drive them, or they park in garages or whatever. Yeah. So well, I do actually. I have a pretty reasonably priced garage space, nice. but you know when I'm out and about and doing things, I gotta park somewhere. Sure. And so you've got the neighborhood parking stickers here, right? And all of these. Kinds of, and I, I apologize for the the um, audible sound of my alarm going yeah, out over no, the air. It's very unprofessional. So wh- what happened to your podcast? We never even got to that. Um, it's just on hiatus. I well, it's a it's a long hiatus. It was a time commitment mm. um, that was starting to wear on me, and yeah. I was on the verge of taking a new job. Sure. Which uh, obviously I wound up losing <laughs> through the accident. But there was just a lot going on. I was at the time still producing comedy, co-producing comedy shows with Sandra Risser, which I also in June, I went on hiatus from that. And then the accident caused like a bigger hiatus from everything. Sure. So, yeah, I just and I left on really good terms. Um, John Miller actually at uh, the last staff meeting before my departure announced that I was leaving. Thanked me for being such a good host and let me know in front of the whole group that I was welcome back anytime. That's great. Yes. That's very unlike him. How very nice. It is. He's, you know, he's really, um, he's an, he's an enigma age. wrapped yeah. in a riddle, that sure, guy. Sure, sure, sure. There are a lot of good and bad things that you could say about him, uh, depending on the point in time and history and all that. But um, I just, I don't see me going back to that anytime soon. Um, 
just because I, I want to devote time to other things that have the flexibility to not have to be in a certain spot at a certain right. time, exactly. even once a week. And it doesn't sound like two hours a week, not a big commitment, but you know, you've got to get, as you know, you've got to get guests to come on the show. Sure. You've got to get a little bio about them. And then you want, you you want to post, you post on at, you know, in that form, you post on the FCC free website and we would uh, post on the Facebook page and tweet and twat and all of this other right, stuff. Right, right, right. So there's stuff, you know, and um, so... You're just changing your priorities. This, I, this I last am. year was a big priority change. And then I nearly ripped my arm oh, off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. And Not, from the funniest, like... I know. The stupidest accident. But that's what we do. We lose our vigilance. And, and it's it stupid, suddenly just happens. Stupid with two O's a instead stupid. of a stupid yeah. accident. It was a stupid accident. Anyway, um, I should... Thank so you for being here, Susan. I will, so yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Thank Yay. you for having me. Yay. Hopefully we can uh, convince some people. I'm, I'm, I don't eat... I eat very, very little meat these days. But I I'm know seriously that considering you're... going back. Because I was vegetarian for 13 years. And I'm yes. considering... Like, it really is like an earth situation it is an earth situation and people say oh well, one person doesn't make a difference and it's like oh fucking no. shit if you go from eating even i mean what is a what is a low estimate 30 pounds a year of meat is a right. very but if you go that's a lot of meat it's a lot and of i meat. think that americans probably eat hundreds of pounds of meat a oh year. i'm sure i don't know what the statistics are but just to anyone in your audience who's intimidated by going vegetarian or vegan. And I will say, I would go back to meat way before I go back to dairy. I just hate dairy. Mm -hmm. If you give it up long enough, trust me, it'll make you sick. But anyway, yeah, don't feel like there, there, there is nothing you can do that's too insignificant. Huh. If you just, you know, do meatless Mondays. Do... No meat Monday through Friday. Do sure. no red beef, but fish and chicken only. I mean, there are animals too. They suffer when you kill them. But, you know, do what you can. Right. Just reduce. Yeah, no. Try something. No, no amount is insignificant. Exactly. That's amazing to think about. Exactly. That any change you make is significant. And don't let people give you shit about, well, you're only doing this. And just say, well, you know. At least I'm not having a quarter pounder three times a day. Right. Yeah, you know, just fuck people who try to tell you that you what you should and you shouldn't and you can't and you don't. You do what you want, but do a little bit every day, every week to, you know, cut back. Plus, you'll feel a, a whole yeah. lot better. Yeah, yeah. A whole lot better. And yeah. so will Mother Earth. Yay! Uh, do one kind thing. There you go. Be One kind. kind go Buddhism. Thank you so much, Susie oh, Vincent, yay. for being here. Oh, yay. Thank you, Ma'am awesome. Benjamin. I hope to come back sometime soon. Oh, yeah, soon. absolutely. I'm okay. glad that you're feeling better, and yes. I'm, I'm excited about all of your cuddle adventures. Yes, and I'll keep you posted Thank on you. those as well. Yay! Uh, thanks for listening to Some Call Me Tim. Uh, we are going to play a little music and wrap up, and uh, hey, thanks for joining us. Bye!
Uh, coming up next is Pervert Fervor. Going to be running the ones and twos, miggity moogs for me and yous.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak sailing. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. 
You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. A shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches, hitting switches, going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. 
I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com You want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THCT.